Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. It is Tuesday, December 19th, five minutes after 10. This is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. My name is Casey Daniels. Rob Kendall with the day off, but Ethan Hatcher is joining us in the studio this morning. Good morning, Ethan. Good morning, Casey. You know, there's been uh, some stuff going on that I thought really deserved the Rob Kendall treatment. So joining us on the WIBC hotline, even though he is on vacation, we just pull him back in to get his take on things. Rob Kendall joins us. Hey, good morning, Rob. Casey, I have worked so much harder on my vacation than I do at work. Child <laughs> care is very, very hard work, and I wish someone had told me. <laughs> I believe you that you work harder when you're at home than you do here. I've seen what you do. You show up and talk. Uh, so- oh my gosh, this, this, this baby, she just never stops, and it's like, why didn't someone tell me this is what my wife goes through each day at home? Oh, does it give you more appreciation for her? Uh, yes, absolutely. I've never been nicer. And she just keeps looking at me every time going, see, see, see. <laughs> how, how is your vacation going, by the way? Are you, uh, are you enjoying going- your time off? Are you, are you still working, aren't you? Oh, it's just, it's wonderful, Casey. And you know, when you have a motor like I do that never stops, you mm-hmm. just sit and say, I wish I was at work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I feel like there's a lot that you need to get out of your system and then you'll be good for a few more days. So I want you tee it up. Yes, let's do it. Okay. So I wanted, I wanted to talk with you about this uh, latest thing that's going on with the uh, John Rust election law challenge. So the Indiana Supreme Court, they set arguments in this case uh, for February. 12th, which just happens to be three days after the filing deadline to run for U.S. Senate. So um, I put it to you, Rob. Why don't you uh, reset it? Tell everybody the backstory about what's going on with John Rust as he wants to run for Senate and where we are now and what's going on with them setting this date for February 12th. Okay, so this is very interesting. So we've had John Rust on our show several times. He is trying to run for United States Senate as a Republican. Uh, the, the uh, you know, we might as well say the Republican Party. I mean, it's technically the state of Indiana, but the Republican Party uh, is challenging his ability to run because the Republicans passed a law two years ago that said you have to have voted in two consecutive Republican or Democrat primaries in order to run for state senate or governor or essentially whatever uh, under that party banner. And that's done deliberately. It's designed to keep undesirables out. It's designed to allow the party apparatus, Democrat and Republican, to be able to control uh, who runs. They want people that can be controlled. And so John Rust is a very wealthy egg farmer from southern Indiana. He had the means to challenge this in court. And the judge on multiple fronts sided with him saying, hey, look, this law excludes essentially 80 percent of the population from running as a Democrat or Republican. The state has no interest served in in doing this. And so he threw the law out. So Todd Rakita, the attorney general, uh, has challenged that at the Supreme Court. And they're going to hear those arguments on February the 12th, which is interesting because that is, as you said, Casey, Mm -hmm. three days after the actual filing deadline. So. What you have here is you're going to have John Rust, who he has said he has the signatures. He's, he's going well above and beyond, because unless you're Todd Young, you have to get 500 verified signatures in all nine congressional districts. So he said he's prepared to turn in his signatures. 
and he will have been on the ballot. So the Supreme Court would have to throw a guy off the ballot who has the signatures and a judge says he could run. So this would be very fascinating to see what, where they come down on this. So you're saying that you you have been told that he does have the signatures. Uh, let's just say this, Casey. I was told by a very, 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 very reliable source that he has well above and beyond the signatures and you can you can interpret that however you want that that's not going to be an issue now did you hear that michelle harder who is the attorney who represented charles bookwater and then john rust that uh she was served by the other side because they wanted that rule reinstated well so this is what's interesting is the obsession with the republicans because when we talk about the state of indiana we we talk about only the republicans because they have super majorities in the house and senate they have all the statewide offices they have the governor's mansion it's what's interesting is this bizarre obsession with the republicans from keeping people from running for public office so the republicans need your money right they, they, they're too inept to run their their uh, elections in nominated conventions like the libertarians do they're too inept to do that without taking your money but yet they don't want you to be able to run for the very office that they force you to fund and so this is when people say oh, i can't believe you're supporting john russ i'm not supporting anyone i have no idea what john russ views are there's no point in us getting into it until he's on the ballot or off the ballot what i do support though is people being able to run for public office to try to change the government that they are forced to fund. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. And that is Rob Kendall calling in from home while he's on vacation. We pull him out of his uh, his vacation because we wanted to uh, hear from him about this. So pretty much what we're saying is that even if he has the same, so the Marion County Superior Court judge found that the two primary requirement was unconstitutional. And then Todd Rakita and his uh gang of misfits said no we want to stay this rule so now it's being kicked up to the supreme court and even if john russ does have the signatures he still may be kicked off of the ballot because of this depending on what the supreme court says well that's what's going to be most interesting is because if he turns in the signatures and they're verified which have no reason given the resources he has they won't be able to pull that off you're going to have a guy who got the signatures and a judge said is eligible to run and the filing deadline will have already eclipsed mm-hmm. and then so the supreme court would have to remove him from the ballot now here's what's interesting about what the supreme court decided to do i don't think it's accidental they chose to take this case right. after the filing mm-hmm. deadline i think if they th- i think if they saw some sort of egregious ruling by this judge, they would have taken it before then. And they also refused to stay the order from the judge. So right now the judge's order is in effect, which means, um, you know, essentially you think about like tie goes to the runner in baseball. If both the ball and the runner get to the bag at the same time, the, the tie goes to the runner. In this case, John Rust is like the runner where the judge has ruled in his favor and the court has looked at this and said there's nothing highly egregious in the judge's ruling that we say, boy, this is very clearly needs to be addressed immediately. So right now it's going to be a huge burden on Todd Rokita in the state of Indiana to prove the interest in keeping this guy from running for public office. And also fascinating, Casey, is, and I know we talked about with Nikki Kelly about this before I went on break, Mm -hmm. the whining from Jim Banks. Mm -hmm. I mean, I thought he was supposed to be some big, tough military guy, and it is just incessant whining from him. It's pretty pathetic over the fact that he might actually have primary competition. And the, the, the best part about the whining is they're basing this all on John Rust is a super liberal. No one knows what John Rust is because John Rust has never run 
for office before. He's never cast a vote. They're banking this on the fact that John Rust voted in a Democrat primary. All this stuff is based on John Rust voting in a Democrat primary, which is the exact same thing that Mike Braun did. The exact same thing that Mike Braun did. And you don't hear word one from Jim Banks or uh, High Tax Holcomb or Todd Rokita or any of the Good Time Fun gang over Mike Braun being the front runner for governor. Mm -hmm. Why? Because he's a reliable stooge and they know they'll ultimately be able to control him and they don't fear him. These people are complete disingenuous hypocrites. Mike Braun and John Rust are the same guy. And look at how differently they're being treated don't you think that uh jim banks acknowledging the rust thing just legitimizes his run like every time he talks about john rust it just seems like he's making him more important than what he could be well you know casey what is the least favorite part of our show (laughs) when we're right yes and we have to tell everybody about it so remember when the speaker thing went on was ongoing and we said why is Jim Banks voting for Kevin McCarthy 15 times and coming on this radio station and others and saying how great Kevin McCarthy is? And then he, remember, he voted for McCarthy again in the removal process. What you saw, and we told you at the time, is Jim Banks is a fraud and a phony, and it's all about him and him elevating himself up the political ladder. And you saw this when Banks got in bed with Holcomb and Hupfer and Ann Hathaway. He is endorsed by the state party. Jim Banks is the establishment, right? He can he can say whatever he wants in his ads. He can talk about. I mean, he he just voted for this this defense bill that is you know completely egregious that has all sorts of terrible stuff in it. The, Jim Banks is Todd Young. It's the same guy. There's no there's no difference here. And he is totally in bed with Holcomb and Huffer and Anne Hathaway. And they are very worried because John Rust will probably put several million dollars of his own money into this, which means he'll be on TV, he'll be on billboards, mm-hmm. he'll have signs and yards. And these people, the Republicans in Indiana, they hate you. They want your money. They don't like you. And you are nothing but an endless piggy bank to them. And so Jim is mad that he's going to have to work in the primary. Okay, you mentioned it's uh, Rob Kendall who's on the uh, phone with us on 93 WIBC. And you had mentioned Mike Braun. So I want to direct us now to the governor's race. I'm of the position, I think that it is Mike Braun's uh, to lose at this point. I don't know how you feel, but I wanted to talk about this contribution to the Brad Chambers campaign, which <laughs> the CEO of Eli Lilly gave him. You you want to you want to tell everybody how much money the CEO uh, of Eli Lilly gave to the Brad Chambers campaign? Oh, uh, this is so. This is. Uh, I mean, this people need to wake up. So I know Matt Gentry was on earlier with Tony mm-hmm. and, and did the interview with him. And, you know, we can, you know, get into that later if you want. If we have time, if not, it's fine. But you've got the CEO. This was, this was according to Adam Wren of Importantville, which he does an, an online publication, a subscription-based publication. He's a, he's a really good reporter, very detail-oriented. The CEO of Eli Lilly, according to him, gave Brad Chambers $100,000. Mm-hmm. Not $1,000, $100,000. And when you think about what, who is Brad Chambers, well, he was the head of the IEDC, mm-hmm. the Indiana Economic Development Corporation, which is what? at the center of the Leap District, and Eli Lilly getting this sweetheart real estate deal out in Boone County to put their, you know, whatever it's going to be, multi-billion dollar campus out there. And you look at this and say, 
the guy got a hundred thousand dollars after he delivered. We looked at the other campaign finance reports that showed that that a lily pad gave money. Uh, I think it was a lily pad gave money to Matt Gentry, the mayor of Lebanon. And so you've essentially got these people getting rewarded for using taxpayer money to facilitate the expansion of growth of some of the most wealthiest corporations in the entire world. Now, there's nothing illegal about it, but you look at this and go, this is the way the game's played now. These people are not working for you. They're working for the very wealthy, most powerful people in the state and in the country. I didn't hear the entire interview with Tony Katz this morning with Matt Gentry on uh, on the air. But um, did, did you listen to it? Because, you know, when we talk with Matt Gentry, he said that it's pretty common for them to pass money back and forth to <laughs> to support one another like that. Well, well, I have heard it now, and you know who he really came off as. Remember in the Blues Brothers, where Jake Blues is under the bridge, where Carrie Fisher's got the got the gun at him, and he's giving all the excuses on why it wasn't his fault. We're basically led to believe like this annexation just magically happened almost at gunpoint, as though mm-hmm. the state came in and forced Matt Gentry, and he was some sort of just unwilling participant in all of this. The mayor of Lebanon. Annexation, the state cannot force a municipality to annex someone into their community. He did this, the mayor of Lebanon, because he thought it was good for Lebanon. It's probably going to be very good for the taxpayers of Lebanon. But when you think about what LEAP is, it's the it's a, a half a billion dollars, essentially, of taxpayer money, my money, your money, Ethan's money, is going to fund mega corporations who are going to build in Boone County, they're going to build in Lebanon, and now when you talk about the hundreds of millions of gallons of water probably daily that are going to be extracted from places like Tippecanoe County to to facilitate this project, you have both in treasure and natural resources a colossal amount of our money, our stuff, our being the people of the state of Indiana, going to benefit one community. Is that right? What do I get out of that as a Brownsburg taxpayer? What do you get out of that, Casey, as an Indianapolis taxpayer? The answer is nothing. It is going to facilitate, and Matt Gentry's words with us were the legacy of the governor Mm -hmm. and the benefit of Matt Gentry as the mayor of Lebanon, the the taxpayers of Lebanon, you are paying for it in both natural resources and a colossal amount of your tax money. If you think that's fair, then everybody just go along with it and it'll be fine. I don't think that's fair or that's right. Hey, I wanted to ask you what's going on in Brownsburg. I hear there was some property that was purchased. <laughs> so, uh, so, this is the this is the this is the uh, this is the thing, right? It's it's the disingenuousness, and when that's how I would describe Matt Gentry when he was on with Tony again today. It's disingenuous. Well, I mean, the implication that like they didn't really want this annexation. Of course, you would want that, and you couldn't do it without the annexation because of the need for the utility. Mm-hmm. Same thing in Brownsburg. We they have this uh, aquatic center mm-hmm. that they're proposing to to build. That's a total financial disaster. And they keep lying to the public, saying, we have no idea if we're going to build this thing. We have no idea what we're going to do. We haven't made up our minds yet. And Thursday night, they're going to buy almost two acres of property in town, which they admitted in a previous meeting is going to facilitate entrance and exit to this property that they that they want to use for the aquatic center. So if you haven't made up your mind, why would you be spending almost $200,000 to buy almost two acres of property mm-hmm. to facilitate an entrance and exit to something you haven't made up your mind on? Are they, just, are, are, are they going to be allowing more public comment on this before they purchase it, or is it already well, a done deal? 
Well, I, I'm going to get up there and say something, Casey, but you know, at the Brownsburg Council meeting, Lord Travis, there's always a risk he's going to weaponize the cops on me. So <laughs> I may need you and Ethan to come bail me out. On, uh, <laughs> I'll stand there and look tough for you, Rob. How about that? <laughs> I've got cash on hand. <laughs> the overarching theme of this, though, Casey, whether it is, and I'm so glad you picked all three of these topics, and that's why you're brilliant and belong in the Broadcasting Hall of Fame, whether, whether it is John Rust or it is the donations to Brad Chambers and then the stuff going on with the Leap District and the mayor of Lebanon or this pool in Brownsburg. I mean, you can extrapolate this to infinite numbers of things. It is hypocritical, disingenuous people who are finagling the system, and they will not be straight with you, and they will not tell you the truth. Rob Kendall, thank you so much for spending some time, your vacation time with us. By the way, you saw we were voted as the sixth best news talk station in the country by Barrett News Media. We're number six. Uh, you know, I, I give all the credit to you, Casey. Uh, I was in a ditch somewhere, uh, living in a tent in the woods, and mm-hmm. Casey found me and extracted me and brought sure. me back into society. <laughs> and we couldn't, we absolutely couldn't have uh, have done it without you. And uh, you're just the best. <laughs> hey, uh, give uh, give Livy a big uh, kiss and hug from me, and tell her that Aunt Casey says hello. I will absolutely do that. You guys have a great rest of your day. All right, thanks, Rob Kendall. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. It's ninety three WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Good morning, 24 minutes after 10. It is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. So George Santos, you know, this guy, he was the guy that was expelled from Congress and been indicted on, what, 23 different federal charges? Uh-huh. Uh, he sat down and I don't, I thought this was a joke. You're saying See, well, it's Well, it legit. is a joke. It's a it's it, a joke. It, it is a an joke. Intentional be- joke. Because she's a comedian, okay. apparently. And she does these awkward interviews, but it still counts as legitimate media attention. He is enriching himself through exposure. He's earning more money off of cameo mm-hmm. requests than yep. he was going to earn in Congress. So people are rewarding him for this dishonest behavior. And he's he's got a couple of interesting thoughts. That, that we can get to. Okay, he was, uh, what is he making, like $400 a cameo appearance now? Apparently it's up to five. Is it up to five? Up to five. It keeps ticking up all the time. Um, the cameo CEO said he was getting more requests than Bon Jovi or Sarah Jessica Parker or like some other legitimate celebrities mm-hmm. who never defrauded anybody. Okay, so what is this comedian's name? Zywe? Zywe, Zywe, I don't okay. know. I mean, uh, they sat down and they were talking all different things and uh, this is George Santos and his take on Donald Trump. Do you plan to run as a Democrat? Because you've been really embraced by like the Gen Z... I love the Gen Z. Progressive. Gen Z loves Trump. Define love. They love Trump. (laughs) He's an icon. Gen Z loves Trump. Could you say icon again? Icon. Do you know why I love the Gen Z progressives? You, please. I'll tell, I'll, I'll tell you why. Because they're the future. And they need to slay the Boots house down in the future so that this country can stay functional. What does slay the Boots house down mean? Conquer everything. like That's what that means? Like, That's not what yeah, means. It's like you just got to be awesome at everything you do. And they have to do that. They need to be awesome. Okay. 
<laughs> Slay. Is huh? that the guy you want in your corner, though? Is that the person you want fielding media attention in your favor? Like, I don't know. I'd, I'd be wanting to put some distance between myself and George Santos. Yeah, well, I mean, the 23 federal indictments not looking good. But if right. this is a guy who is connecting with Gen Z and he's saying, uh, I love Donald Trump. Donald Trump's not going to say no, don't say that, because Donald Trump's going to want all the help he can get connecting to the Gen Z uh, um, can, group. Can we play the other segment, though, because I know we got to wrap up shortly or the, the other soundbite here mm-hmm. of George Santos talking about a very real phenomenon in media. And he laughs in their face, which is I mean, he's he's right here in a way. Let's play that that segment or soundbite number 13. Yep. Nope, not going to do have it. it? <laughs> no. That was the good one. <laughs> well, we'll get to it. We'll get to okay. it. We'll get to that and we'll get to voicemails coming up. More okay. George Santos on the way. It's 93 WIBC. Good morning. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. If you want to contribute with your voicemails, we do love hearing from you. It is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC 1033. Rob Kendall with the day off day off and uh, Ethan Hatcher joining us in the studio. So uh, we were talking about learning how to drive a manual car and drive with uh, the stick shift. And Mike from Bloomington, he wanted to call and comment about driving manual. Hey, Kimball Casey, this is Mike from Bloomington, Indiana. We were talking about uh, teaching your young people how to drive a manual transmission. You've never experienced driving a manual transmission until you have learned to drive a three-speed on the column. That is a real thrill to teach your granddaughters and your grandsons how to drive a three-speed on the column. Uh, They call those three on the tree, and uh, if you can drive that, you can drive anything. That's my comment for the day. You guys have a good day and a Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Mike. Uh, three on the tree. Yeah, never done that. N- me either. No, I- Though that's a that's a very outdated uh, manual style transmission. Mm-hmm. Like they they had they haven't made those for quite a while. And is that that's obviously different? Five from, speed is much more common. Yeah, four on the floor, three yeah. on the tree. Uh, just different ways to yeah. Right. Manual transmission. Yep. Okay. Uh, we were talking about uh, coffee and the thief. The Cosmics opening oh, up the McDonald's. Yeah, the McDonald's coffee shop. <laughs> uh-huh. What do the listeners have to say about They're, it? Well, the Cosmic, that new branch of yeah. McDonald's, trying to compete with Starbucks, yeah. right? Yeah. And somebody wanted to call and talk about coffee. Real quick, all your conversation about McDonald's coffee and Starbucks coffee. The best coffee in Indianapolis is at Speedway gas stations for one-third the price of Starbucks, and you can blend all the ones you want. My name's Paul from Noblesville. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Paul, for the uh, phone call. Yeah, I'm and sure. Speedway, if you want to advertise with a station, hey, look at the popularity. <laughs> <laughs> I do that. When I need coffee on the road, stop at the gas station coffees. If it's been brewed recently, normally pretty decent. 
Yeah. You well, know. that's the that's the trick there. Has it been brewed, brewed recently? Because it's if it's fresh off the pot, fine. Mm-hmm. If it's been sitting there and cooking, then it gets that burnt, burnt taste. taste. I don't want a burnt coffee. No, but I ask them. I'll ask if I walk in. Well, is that current coffee? Is that new, recently brewed? If they say yeah, okay, I'm down. How do you know if they're uh, not lying to you? Well, I'm I'm trusting them to be <laughs> honest. But uh, he did make a good point that yeah, it's going to be a heck of a lot cheaper. Okay, so uh, we've been talking a lot about Nikki Haley. And the New Hampshire polling saying that she is uh, surging ahead and in some cases scoring higher than even Donald Trump. I believe it was the likability and reasonable, uh, although she doesn't score. Strike me as either of those things. She doesn't score quite as high when you ask uh, who's a better leader. But isn't that what we're voting for? You want somebody to lead? Um, But uh, here we go with a comment about Nikki Haley. Listening to you today about the Nikki Haley issues, I happened to see her, I think it was on Fox News yesterday morning, Sunday morning, and mm-hmm. sorry, Casey, but uh, all women had the crazy eyes at one time or another, <laughs> and during that Fox News um, interview yesterday with Nikki Haley, I seen the women crazy eyes, and there's no <laughs> way in this world I would vote for that woman, because she is emotional, she is hiding it. She kind of, I don't know, if you let her really loose, she'd probably be psycho. <laughs> Have a great day, guys. <laughs> he He's not wrong. He's not wrong. She's <laughs> already talked about bombing half the planet, so mm-hmm. I, I think he's completely right on that. Yeah, um, and he's also right about the crazy eyes. And I will tell you that my looks have tones. <laughs> with the eyes. The the thing about Nikki Haley is um, I, I'm not voting for my mom for mm-hmm. president. The fact that she wants to monitor your mm-hmm. social media mm-hmm. interactions. Everybody no, has to use their real name so we know who you are. Right. Yeah. You, uh-huh. you lose anonymity or uh, privacy, which is a fundamental violation of the First Amendment, you know, but uh, leave it to Nikki Haley. <laughs> I wanted to play this audio clip. This was from um, ABC this week. This is the uh, former GOP chair and he was saying a few things and he pretty much left the table of moderators, which is mostly all liberals. He left them speechless after he was, uh, well, he was, he was saying the truth and he talks about that we're sitting on a perfect storm. I think you're all misreading the electorate. I think that the electorate is not looking for less blood. I think they're looking for more blood. I think that people are more angry about crime than they've ever been before. I think they're more angry about the border, the fentanyl, the sanctuary cities, the boys competing against girls in sports, schools out of control. I think, as I've said before, people are looking for a bigger middle finger this time than they were in 2016. And I think so no matter how you're, you're misreading this. I, the, people are angry. And, they, and, and on the other side, you know, you got President Biden, who's losing young voters, who's losing black voters. Uh, the polling couldn't be worse. And unlike Barack Obama in 2011, Democrats would have walked over glass for Barack Obama. Democrats today, they say 75%, we wish we had a different candidate. So it matters who you're running against, too. And it also matters what the state of the country's in. And this is a perfect storm. Mm-hmm. So they were talking about Donald Trump being the Republican frontrunner 
and why so many people are so upset. And he was like, you're, you're misreading it, guys. You don't get it. And we talk often about the revenge vote and why are people being so loyal to Donald Trump? And I thought he kind of summed it up. Yeah. No, I mean, he made some excellent. People are angrier now than they were in 2016. Made some excellent points, but I still wonder what, how that will translate in the voting booth, because especially dealing with crime, that was a very important issue here locally in the mayor race of Indianapolis. Already the mayor polling very low in his popularity or in job approval ratings, uh, but still walked away with a victory. So I I, I just don't know if it translates. I hope it does, obviously. Mm -hmm. Well, I think you have to take into consideration the voting block here in Marion County, yeah. which is who voted for the mayor. Well, these were the same people that said they had a you know uh, issue with crime, and that mm-hmm. was an important issue to them, but they still voted blue. So, all right, let's talk about uh, the second half of this George Santos interview. And it, it was this a pay per view event? I believe it was. This this comedian reached out to Santos and asked if he'd be interested in this pay per view interview. She told him he'd be an iconic. Uh, iconic guest and he accepted they sat down and he wasn't paid for this interview even though he asked during the interview three times if he was going to get paid and he's also overheard asking the uh, host if the mics were hot and (laughs) to be to be mindful with the DOJ stuff like don't joke around with that which leads me to believe he knows how serious all of the charges against Tamar. He's currently sure. negotiating a plea deal. But you want to go ahead and set up this, uh, this uh, how he's exposing the media problem? Well, what he's pointing to is the prostitution of media, where it's this you know mutually beneficial relationship. They seek ratings, and in order to get ratings, they go after controversial figures and sometimes give them promotion and popularity that's completely undeserved. In this case, George Santos enriching himself off of this exposure and pointing out the hypocrisy and laughing about it. If you want George Santos to go away, stop giving him attention, stop giving him money, but the media won't because they need the ratings. Mm-hmm. Just that's like, what he said. Just like she she wants the ratings, which is why she wanted to have him on as a guest, right? right? As a pay-per-view content. All right, well, here's the exchange. George Santos being a top-level troll. What could we do to get you to go away? Stop inviting me to your gigs. Mm. So no Dancing with the Stars? No. No RuPaul's Drag Race? I haven't got that invite yet. I'd love to go read a The lesson is to stop inviting you places. But you can't. Because people want the content. (laughs) He's not wrong. He's (laughs) laughing in her face. So she becomes the joke of that interview there. Because why are you giving this manifestly corrupt scumbag free media Mm -hmm. because they want the content because they want the content they want the ratings Mm -hmm. but his 15 minutes will be up soon enough he's no longer in congress so it'll he'll just he's gonna need those cameo fees for his lawyers he'll eventually fade away you're listening to the kendall and casey show it's 93 wibc said the night wind to the little land 
Do you see what I see? Good morning. It is 1047. It is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Rob Kendall with the day off. Ethan Hatcher in the studio. And this is something that you have some uh, previous experience with. And we're yes. talking about Jehovah's Witnesses. Actually, we're going to talk a little religion this break. So uh, say a prayer. Um, prayer, communion, devotion, religion uh, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you you grew up as a Jehovah's Witness. Yes, I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness, the cult of Jehovah's Witnesses, because it's more than just a religion. It is a means of controlling people's lives. I mean, minute details, who you're allowed to associate with, who you're allowed to love, what friends you're allowed to have, who you're allowed to speak to, what you're allowed to wear, how you're allowed to style your facial hair. At least that's the way it used to be for more than 100 years following uh, um, uh, an early split in the Jehovah's Witness religion after their founder, Charles Taze Russell, died. His uh, a lawyer um, at the time, Rutherford, took over and there was kind of a split and a divide amongst the congregation. Rutherford, clean shaven, Charles Taze Russell had r- a rather large beard. Mm-hmm. And so it was sh- implemented in short order that proper Jehovah's Witnesses would be shaven. However, they have now updated the policy and admitted that this was never a scriptural requirement at any point. And I know it might be nitpicking and I know a lot of people might not care, but let's think about how this has affected people's lives because, and I'm not joking, families have been split apart by this. If you, for whatever reason, stood your ground on this issue, well, I'm going to grow a beard. You can't tell me that I'm not. They could kick you out of the congregation, which is, sounds a, a lot less severe than it actually is when they yank away your family. If you happen to be employed by a Jehovah's Witness, they yank away your job and take away your entire support structure over such a minuscule thing. But that is how tightly they have to maintain control. So I think this might be indicating their grasp on the cult followers is slipping because now they're giving him just a just a minute hair teeny tiny bit more personal freedom you can now grow a beard roll the tape in recent times the wearing of a beard has become common in many more lands so how should we view a brother who chooses to grow a beard today the video ended with an intriguing question How should we view a brother who chooses to grow a beard today? The governing body has asked me to read the following announcement. A number of branch offices around the world have written to us indicating that there continue to be questions about whether or not it is proper for a brother in an appointed position to wear a beard. After prayerful consideration, the governing body has concluded that there is a need to clarify this matter. Was there, though? The governing body does not have an issue with brothers wearing beards. Why not? Because the scriptures do not condemn the wearing of beards. Furthermore, as time has passed, we have noted that in many lands, It is acceptable for men who hold responsible positions in business and government to wear beards. Thus, whether a brother wears a beard is a personal decision. Finally! Victory, Casey! 
position of a biblical authority where none existed. I'm so happy for them. Of course, I didn't need permission from eight men in New York to tell me I could grow a beard. I've been growing a beard since I left when I was 19. I was wondering, I was wondering is that why you grow a beard? Yes, that that's a- also why I have long hair. I used uh-huh. to, uh, my, my mom used to basically give me a buzz cut mm-hmm. when I was growing up. They complained because I had sideburns that were too long. Oh, Brother Hatcher, you're showing a real rebellious spirit there because your sideburns are below the earlobe. God doesn't like that. <laughs> it's the defined streak in you. Do you feel better? You got that out of your yes, system? Yes, I feel a lot better. So, yeah, okay. I mean, if you ever needed more in, you know, evidence that the Jehovah's Witness religion is a cult, mm. the fact that they had to get explicit permission from leadership to style their own facial hair should be a sufficient indication. My God. All right. Thank you. I hope you feel better. <laughs> it is the Kendall and Casey Show. It's 93 WIBC. And in other religious news, Roman Catholics reacted in equal parts confusion <laughs> and shock on Monday. This in the aftermath that the uh, Pope has given formal approval for priests to bless same-sex couples. Um, okay, there's actually what was approved versus what the headlines are saying. So let's get this part straight. Uh, the Pope did not okay the blessing of same-sex unions. The new document from the Vatican says that priests may bless same-sex couples so long as it doesn't get confused with the ritual of the sacrament of marriage. And the document... I'm confused. What what what, what is the so, difference there? Uh, pretty much, the Pope can or priests can bless people, but not the union. They're oh. saying this isn't this isn't marriage in the eyes of the Catholic Church. The document reinforced that any blessing is not to be conferred at the time as a civil union, and that the priest doesn't wear clothes or use gestures that would signal a wedding. Okay. Okay. The document pretty much is saying that according to the Catholic Church, the sacrament of marriage is still between a man and a woman. Okay, so this doesn't seem as upsetting as headlines initially would lead one to believe, because that, as I would understand it, and correct me, because I'm not the Catholic in the room, mm-hmm. doesn't seem to conflict with biblical teaching. I mean, you can still bless a sinner, correct? Correct, That's okay. and that's okay. pretty much what it's saying. And okay. But the Catholic Church is saying the sacrament of marriage is still between a man and a woman. So nothing's really changed then? Uh could no. they not be blessed before, just you know, as an individual? And now that well, now they're saying it's go ahead and bless, but that's something that they've taught all along. I mean, right? You know. Well, I guess maybe like the governing body, they had to clarify. Possibly, <laughs> yeah. It <laughs> is. Uh, it is ten fifty four. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey Show on ninety three WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. And this from the uh, CBS station in Sacramento. Shocking that Americans are still feeling the cost of Christmas this year due to high prices. A lot of families feeling the cost of Christmas this year due to high prices. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Although inflation has gone down along with mortgage rates, unemployment rates and the cost of gas, shoppers still feeling the squeeze on their wallets. Okay. I budgeted knowing that Christmas comes the same time every year and the inflation was still going to be high. 
So their report just said that inflation has gone down and prices are up 17.4% under Joe Biden. Right, because inflation can go down, but that doesn't mitigate the increase in price that's already taken place. Like right. the, the effects of inflation have already been felt. Yes, we need to stem the tide, but that doesn't take away the pain. <laughs> and this on CNN, uh, Jim Acosta, so from his cozy uh, Washington, D.C. studio, absolutely baffled that Americans are sour on the Biden economy. This uh, Stanley Greenberg tells him to get out of his bubble. Question I have, though, is is inflation is cooling. I mean, if you look at gas prices, they're going down. They're around three bucks a gallon in the in the Washington, D.C. area, Maryland and Virginia. I suspect it's uh, fluctuates depending on where you are around the country, but generally coming down. People aren't feeling that enough just yet. Mm-hmm. It's a bubble. Yeah. It's a bubble. Mm-hmm. People, look, what I, what I have discovered in doing my polling in Europe, in the UK, and here, is what matters is how many months people have been struggling to deal with inflation. And each month they get madder and madder about it, as long as their, their wages are trailing prices. Mm-hmm. And so they're still, grumpy right now. They're still three. Look. <laughs> Get out of the bubble. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Get out of your bubble. In the last six months, there's been a decline in disposable income. Uh, inflation's still higher, and you don't get credit for destroying something and then bringing it back. So you remember how uh, Joe Biden's uh, motorcade was in a car crash? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming up, we've got some uh, audio from the moment and uh, Biden deflecting questions. We'll get to it on the way. From 93 WIBC.